Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for There's an emptiness without God. And every single person, doesn't matter what country, what time of the year, when, what century, we were all created to know God. So there's an interest in knowing God. Here it goes. He listens. He liked listening to him. But here's the problem. There was never any change in Herod's heart. Beware of a hardened heart, a hardened conscience. As humans, you and I were created to know God. That's why sometimes, such as with King Herod, there may be an interest in knowing God, but never any change in a person's heart. In today's message, Pastor Mark warns against a hard heart. King Herod had a casual curiosity about Jesus Christ, but it so hardened his heart that he would not surrender his life to him. Have you known people like that? They may have questions from a distance, but never allow themselves to fully believe and surrender to Him. What about you? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark as he begins his message entitled, Who is this Jesus? Bible, you can turn, if you will, to Matthew chapter 14. If you don't know where Matthew is, first book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 14. People often are confused about computers. And I have some information, phone conversations between tech support and customers. Let me give you a couple of them. Hi, good afternoon. This is Martha. I can't print on my computer. Every time I try, it says can't find the printer. I even lifted the printer and placed it in front of the monitor, but the computer still says I can't find it. (laughs) This is classic. If you go, what's wrong with that? That's all right. (laughs) Customer. I have problems printing in red. Tech support. Do you have a color printer? Customer. Ah, thank you. (laughs) Customer. I can't get on the internet. Tech support. Are you sure you're using the right password? Customer. Yes, I'm sure. I saw my colleague enter it. Tech support. Can you tell me what the password was? Customer. Yes. Five stars. (laughs) You'll have to think a little bit about that. (laughs) And maybe the best. You got to now listen to the end of it. Don't, Don't laugh too early if I can get through it. A woman customer called the Canon help desk with a problem with her printer. Tech support. Are you running it under Windows? Customer. No, my desk is next to the door, but that's a good point. (laughs) I'm not through. 
In fact, a man sitting next to me in the cubicle next to me is running an underwindow, and my printer, his printer, is working just fine. <laughs> Can you believe that? True stories. You see, it's one thing to be a little confused of whether your printer should be under a window or not, but it's something else to be confused about where you and I are going to spend eternity. Some questions in life need to be considered early on. Two questions we'll try to answer today for you is, number one, who really is Jesus? And number two, does it make any difference what you believe about Jesus. In Matthew chapter 14, take a look at verse 1. At that time, Herod, the Tetrarch, heard the reports about Jesus. We've been reminded that people are confused about who Jesus really is. Well, that's not new because... Here we are 2,000 years ago, and Herod the ruler, specifically Herod Antipas, is the ruler over Galilee and Perea. It's an area where John the Baptist ministered mostly, and Jesus had a lot of ministry. Well, he's this ruler for the Romans, and he hears reports about Jesus. Well, he's confused about who Jesus is. That is not uncommon in those days as well. Notice, as he hears his report, he has an answer. Look at verse 2. And he said to his attendants, basically I'll paraphrase, I know who this Jesus is. He says, this is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead. And that's why miraculous powers are at work within him. Now, why would Herod believe that Jesus wasn't really Jesus, but was John the Baptist risen from the dead? Well, that's because, and we'll see the story shortly, Herod killed, murdered, beheaded John the Baptist. And so when these miracles stories begin to reach him about Jesus, Herod's Antipas's weird strange superstitious mix of spirituality comes out he believes somebody could raise from the dead is walking around and in fact it's John the Baptist now why well basically he has a guilty conscience he murdered John the Baptist and so his conscience has been working overtime. He compromises in his life all over the place with this kind of political lifestyle. And he believes that because he murdered John the Baptist, somehow superstitiously John the Baptist has come back and he's going to trouble Herod again. Interesting theory. Well, we see in verses 3 through 12 what had happened in the past. First two verses we gave you are current. Now let's go back and see why he has this guilty conscience. Verse 3. Now Herod, notice the word had, so it's past tense, had arrested John, John the Baptist, and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying, John the Baptist had been saying to Herod, Herod, it's not lawful for you to have her. Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people 
because they considered him a prophet. Now, how do we get here? Well, this reminds us very much of stuff that's on our television around 12 to 2 every day. You know it. I hope none of you watch it. As the stomach turns... Full of garbage. You know, you can go away a year after watching this, come back, and hardly anything's changed. There's just still lust and adultery and affairs and all this kind of stuff. Well, it's not new. This stuff was happening then. And actually, it was real then. What we know is that initially, King Herod had married, well, a daughter of an Arabian king. And then one day... King Herod decided he'd he'd head over to Rome and visit his half-brother, Philip. Well, half-brother Philip had married a woman named Herodias. Well, as the stomach turns, while he's there visiting his half-brother, he has an affair with his half-brother's wife, Herodias. Well, the end of the story is simply this. He goes back to Israel, divorces his wife, Herodias divorces the half-brother of Herod and comes over and lives in Israel. As she comes, she brings a daughter with her that she had from her first marriage, and her name is Salome. Now, they become uh, an in thing in Israel. John the Baptist one day turns on the cable, and he sees as the world turns. And there's King Herod and his wife. Well, you remember, John the Baptist is a prophet from God. A prophet just says it like it is. So he didn't waste any words. He went to the king and he says, hey, you can't do what you did. You're living in adultery. And number two, it was kind of an incest. He said, that's wrong before God. Well, Herod rejected the word from John the Baptist. And in fact, so much so that he wanted to kill John the Baptist. But we read that politically, the people in that area, which is the area Herod was over, they liked John the Baptist because he was speaking it like it was. So Herod goes politically, hmm, if I do this, there's going to be this big upsetting group of people. They're going to pick it, whatever. Rome's going to hear about it. Nah, I'll just put him in prison. So he puts him into prison. Well, there was somebody that was even more angry at John the Baptist than Herod. That's always a woman. (laughs) Scorned. She couldn't stand the words that John the Baptist said. Look at what we find in the book of Mark. It says, so Herodias nursed a grudge. It was always there. She was, every time, that she just worked it up against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to because Herod feared John and protected him. Now notice a little different picture. As Herod got to know John, notice what he noticed about him. Knowing him to be a righteous and a holy man. When Herod heard John, well, when would Herod hear John? Well, evidently while John was in the prison where Herod had him, Herod would go and visit him. And John would tell Herod about well, who he was, why he was a prophet. He had come to, to pave the way for Jesus. He knew that Jesus was on the scene. So Herod would do this, and he'd listen. And notice what it says. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled. But the last part's very interesting. Yet he liked to listen to him. This is the same guy that said, Herod, you can't do that. 
Why would that happen? Here's what happened. Over and over and over, Herod would go and maybe they'd just hang out and he'd just sit outside the jail and listen to, to John talk about spiritual things. You see, down inside, you were created to know God. There's an emptiness without God. And every single person, no matter what country, what time of the year, when, what century, we were all created to know God. So there's an interest in knowing God. Herod goes, he listens, he liked listening to him. But here's the problem. There was never any change in Herod's heart. Beware of a hardened heart, a hardened conscience. You'll see later that Herod has a guilty conscience. He knows what he did was absolutely wrong, but he refuses to repent and change. You see, it's dangerous for you to listen to God's word over and over and over again and never make any change in your life. Understand, a conscience that continues to compromise eventually will become a hardened conscience. That's why it's dangerous when God speaks to you as we teach every week or you hear the word or on the radio or whatever. And maybe there's an error. We're all that way. We get our own heart and God says, mm, you know, the way you treated your wife yesterday or those kids or the way you treated your parents or whatever you said there and what happened in that car. Man, you, you just go, okay, well, you're right, God. I need to repent. Keep your heart soft. Some of you may be living in a lifestyle that... Well, you, just like Herod, you know the Bible is, is right. And, and you're not married, but you're living together, or you're having an affair with somebody outside your marriage, or you're on drugs, and you're saying that you're not, and you're doing this and that and the other, and you lied, and you just cheated, and you did all these things, and behind the scenes you've done it. And when you come to church, well, you're a little miserable because God speaks to our hearts, doesn't he? Beware, if you continue to just live with no change, eventually you'll have a hardened heart. Because your conscience can now listen to anything and it goes right over you. There's no softness for the things of God. Now, when that happens, it's dangerous. Well, look at verse 6. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for them. She would have, Salome would have been around anywhere between 12 and 14. She danced for them and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. So here's this stag party for Herod. Got all the guys together. The women would have been separated. There's alcohol flowing, gals flowing. And here's Herod's stepdaughter, 12 or 14. Can you imagine this? She's doing an incredibly sexual dance in front of dad. Now, why would she do that? Why in front of all of these men would she do this provocative dance? Well, we know why. Look at verse 8. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. What happened? Well, here's what happened. Remember, I talked to you about a woman that had scorn, a grudge. Herodias figured out there'd be a time... She wasn't happy with John the Baptist just in prison. So she said to her daughter, Dad's birthday's coming. When he asks you to dance, you do it. And you please him with an incredibly sexual dance. 
And that's what happened in that party. So much so that Herod just, with a little alcohol and just aroused, says, hey, whatever you want, it's yours. When that happens, can you imagine telling your 12-year-old, 14-year-old daughter, when that happens, you ask for John the Baptist to be murdered and his head be put on a bladder? Well, that's exactly what happened. When that took place, what was the response of John the Baptist when he hears this? Well, we don't know his response, but we do know Herod's. You see, Herod's kind of developed a friendship. A weird one, but a friendship. Well, look at verse 9. The king was distressed. But because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted. And had John beheaded in the prison. You see, a king at those days, he could have done anything he wanted. He could have said, you know, guys, I was drunk. That was stupid. I'm not going to do that. That, I I wasn't even in my right mind when I made that decision. But he didn't do that. He didn't back down out of the rash vow. He had a compromised conscience continually because he cared more about his dinner guests and his own reputation than he did about doing the right thing. Second thing to write. One compromise often leads to another. You see, when we begin to take the truth and play with it, well, you know the end. It's amazing. You remember David sat on that, should have been off to war, wasn't at war, compromised. Sit on his balcony, sees this beautiful woman Bathsheba bathing. That would have been enough. That was a sin. He lusted after her. Could have stopped it right there. Continues to compromise. Adultery. Murder her husband. Go against God for a year. How did it happen? You know the song, just one look is all it took. And he refused to do the right thing. Sin will take you farther than you ever imagined. Me as well. Well, verse 11, his head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. And John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. Do you know, historically, we know that Herod never, ever understood the question we're talking about this morning, who is Jesus? Herod never admitted he understood the truth about Jesus. In fact, so much so, later in the year, Herod had Jesus come before him on that day that Jesus was going to be sentenced to die, a crucifixion death. And Herod said, bring Jesus in here because I want him to do a miracle for me. Jesus came before Herod. And the Bible says that Jesus was completely silent. He wouldn't even speak to Herod. Why? Because Herod's heart was hardened. And Jesus wouldn't waste one word on him. It's too late. It's too late. So he never came and discovered the truth That Jesus was God's son. Come to this earth to die for mankind. Well, what about the Da Vinci book? 50 million copies sold. What about the movie? The first weekend, $200 million worldwide. Has that book and movie done anything, any kind of damage to the average person on the street? Credible. Two things. I want you to think about these. Number one, more skepticism and more spiritual confusion about who Jesus is. 
You see, that's Satan's goal. He hates the Bible and he hates Jesus. You see, most people in the world, listen to what I'm going to say to you this morning, and I'll say it in a kind way. Most people in the world are basically illiterate about the Bible. Most people in the world do not understand or do they read with any regularity the Bible. So when someone comes, like the Da Vinci book did, with a pretty convincing, I mean 50 million people are reading it. And the first page says, all these things are true. And they give us all these historical facts. So the average person who has no background in the Bible goes, well, maybe that is true. And that's exactly what's happened because that's what Satan has wanted to do. Now understand one more thing, and I'll make this short, but you need to understand, if you don't travel much overseas, then you have a funky view of what the world's like. You see, we're... We're about 300 million people here in the United States, but the world is 6.3 billion people. If you take the Da Vinci Code and let's go over to uh, Europe, let's go to Asia. Now, what about when that movie comes and is shown over there? More shown over there than here. More openings in Europe and Asia and all those other countries than here. When a person sees that and they go home with these questions, where are they going to find truth in those countries? Well, in most of those countries, there is no opportunity to turn on a radio and hear a pastor say, well, what you just heard in the Da Vinci Code is about 99.9% total lie. They don't have a chance to do that. If you go to Singapore with me, there is no Christian radio legally allowed on any station. If you go to Thailand, if you go to Europe, Europe is godless. These kids that are going over to England, the majority of the people there, 95 to 97%, don't even believe in God anymore. So they see the Da Vinci Code. Of course, it's from their area of the world. They go, I knew that's who Jesus was. I knew the church had this deal. I absolutely understand. So they're confused or they go, aha, skeptic. Ah, that's exactly right. But here... You can go on website after website after website and after website if you're interested and find the truth about the lies of the Da Vinci Code. Let me give you just one. I don't know, uh, leestrobel.org or .com, I can't remember which one it is. Incredible free stuff forever. I mean, till Jesus comes, you could, you could work on that. It's good. So who is Jesus? And is it important for you to know who he really is? That's what I'm going to spend my time on. He said, Pastor Mark, I'm I'm a Christian. I already know all that jazz. I'll guarantee you at least a third of you have no real clue what I'm going to talk about because you don't really understand who Jesus is and how you get to heaven. At least a third. At least a third of you. The rest of us have many friends and neighbors who don't come to church on any kind of regular basis. They're wonderful people. They are not conversant with this at all. Who is Jesus Christ? That was the focus of today's edition of Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer. What did King Herod and Dan Brown, author of The Da Vinci Code, have in common? They both had a curiosity about Jesus Christ, but it never led them to a saving faith. Today, Pastor Mark challenged us to beware of hardening our hearts by sinning against the light we have been given. And remember, one compromise can lead to another. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Dan Brown, in his book, The Da Vinci Code, has made many false claims about Christianity and about Jesus. One such claim is that no one really believed Jesus was God prior to the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will dispel that darkness and give us light on what the early Christians really believed about Jesus. Tune in and have your faith strengthened in Jesus Christ. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.